Listen, players. <laughs> You're listening to the Movement, Strength and Play podcast by the School of Calisthenics. Here are your hosts, Tim and Jacko. The podcast is back, baby. That's right, Timbo. <laughs> It's been a while. We were literally we had a little bit of a break for the summer. There's been a number of obstacles in our way that have stopped us from recording our highly regarded, anticipated podcast. Everyone we were so happy to hear us back on the internet well, airwaves, Jacko. There, there had been some requests of like, what, 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 I haven't known what to do on my Wednesday when the podcast that. Um, I, I also thinking, think at I'm, this point, Jacko, we need to we need to quell any rumours that we have not fallen out. A few people yes. have gone. What's What's going on? Have you guys had an argument? No, we've not had an argument. There's been, there's been other life events have got in the way. I'd like Jacko running far too far. Well, we'll come on to that. One thing I was thinking about in the early hours of this morning, not to, um, it's, it's relevant. We like a few statistics. I was thinking, mm. I think we're, at, and, and I know you like this, I think this is uh, episode 234. And we don't tend to ever have a break apart from at Christmas because, you know, you've got to go and deliver some presents. Mm. Um, so we, we must have been doing 50 episodes a, a year. So if my math is correct, like we've been doing the podcast every single week for between four and five years. So I and think that all, deserves it. Yeah. And that's why people are like, oh, God, something must have happened. And mm. we actually decided to have a little break. Yeah, just, yeah. People have been like, well, I could tell you've been doing it that long because you run out of content, boys. <laughs> <laughs> We've had, we've had two months off to think of some new ideas of things that we can talk yeah, about. Yeah, so I, well, I, I've decided to go and run an ultramarathon, so we've got something to talk about. Yeah, I mean, that is the ultimate in scraping the barrel for content. <laughs> we need to do stuff so we've got things to talk about. That is the world. Um, well, we I've definitely got something about. to talk about. Yes, I know. Today, I'm, yeah. I'm interested to where it's going. I am going to be question master today, and I'm going to quiz Jacko with the intention of bringing up some raw emotion and hopefully making him cry. Um, <laughs> Because <laughs> I can't have this. I want to try and make you cry. That would be the real gem. Yeah. This... No one's ever seen Tim cry. No, they haven't. It's um, it, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that. It's not about me today, Jack. <laughs> um, I don't even. Do we want to roll a jingle or not? Or yeah, just go of course. In? Yeah. Oh, okay, we'll roll a jingle. Um, all right. So let's not after we'll, that, but like a proper roll a jingle. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we're we're gonna dive into a conversation today. It's all about Jacko's ring of fire, which is a, not an actual ring of, not actually his ring of fire, but it's the ring yeah, of fire. And it, I it, it wasn't like I had a night out and went to Sapners in town. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, use your imagination. Um, so sit back and enjoy Jacko talking about his ring of fire. <laughs> yeah, I can't take that seriously. <laughs> but roll uh, that jingle. That's a strong start, Jacko. <laughs> it's a strong start. I'm keeping that bit in. Right, yeah. so let's have a conversation about the Ring of Fire. So, for, I mean, if you haven't been involved in our socials or Jacko's socials and you are wondering what indeed is the Ring of Fire, um, Jacko, contextualise what yeah. it was that you decided to embark on this summer. Let's just clear up two things. It is... Number one is, whoa, the ring of fire. <laughs> and number two is, um, it, what it is, it's a, it was a three-day um, ultramarathon, um, which it does help if you know what you're doing, is, is uh, one of the things I've learned. 
Okay, so um, let's start at the beginning. Why did you decide to do an ultra marathon? Um, so, like, I'd, I'd started doing more running, or I think it actually it, it started in South Africa. Oh, Evans, that's a long way to run. No, as in the, the idea with we were we were we were in South Africa with you guys and um, Matt and Gemma, friends of ours, and I remember talking to Gemma because I remember trying to separate my my toes and I couldn't, and she was like wiggling into it anyway, and so got on to talk about marathons. Maybe had she done a marathon or had Matt done a marathon? Mm. I remember thinking to myself, oh yeah, you've always said you would have liked to do a marathon, but you never did because you was playing rugby, blah blah blah, like you're not allowed to contracts and what have you. And then I was like, oh, at that point, I think it had been seven years since I'd retired. And it was like, well, what's your excuse? So I literally, like, the following week, just signed up to a marathon. Um, and then uh, I, re- I enjoyed the tra- I really enjoyed the training. Um, I enjoyed using the run as a chance to, like, get away, connect to myself. And actually, as a, it, was a, it became a very good tool to actually, like, practice breathing better or train my breathing. And I was going down that rabbit hole at the time, so it was yeah, it was, it was good. It was almost like experimenting with my breath as I was running, as well as practicing and honing it. Um, and I had two rules for that marathon: one was enjoy it, and the other was you weren't allowed to stop; you had to keep running. You did um, a co- you did a, a trail based marathon, didn't you? Yeah, it wasn't it was a, a um, it wasn't like a it was a trail city marathon. It was yeah, yeah, off-road. it was it was off road trail in Suffolk. Um, bits of it on the sand on the beach it was actually good preparation because the, the, the ring of fire was 90% trail running around the like, Anglesey coastal path but anyway essentially I enjoyed it and wanted to enjoy it because I liked the training so I didn't want to like finish that marathon and be like oh god I never want to do this again because absolutely our body's ruined and I hate it and it did I was pretty I mean I think I talked about this before I was pretty stiff and like walking was difficult the day after um, but the following day after the first marathon, like I actually trained again, I was like recovered pretty well and was was pretty good. But what blew my mind was like the idea of running another marathon the following day. Um, so I was looking for I was looking for a multi day event. Um, this one propped uh, cropped up, and it just ticked a number of boxes around Anglesey in North Wales. Like my mum and dad are from that area. Uh, my sister currently lives on Anglesey. It was like to go and visit my sister and do some recce's of the route and that type of thing it was just uh, the idea of spending three in my mind it was like oh running around the whole get to see the whole coast of Anglesey, all the beautiful beaches all the way around across three days is going to be amazing <laughs> and what actually happened was i didn't see any of anglesey other than just the, the you know one foot square around where my feet were on the on the floor, and that was if I could see through the tears in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it very was... much. It started off as like that would be a really enjoyable few days yeah. to actually like descend. The reality, as I can gather from what I've seen so far, was somewhat <laughs> was like, different. Yeah, it's, you know what's what's the worst that could happen? We're just going to like go around Anglesey. That would be nice. Yeah. So. What, so, okay, so we've got, so it's three days, just, just again, just finish this contextualization. Yeah, it was three days. Give us the, the breakdown of what you had to yeah. do each day, what your time cut off, and then we can get into what you learned <laughs> and the process yeah. that you went through. So, um, and there's different levels to the learning. There's some, if anyone there's going to go and take on some sort of challenge um, that they've never done before, I can give some surface level stuff and then we can go as deep as you want to go. Okay. Um, so it was 135 miles 
in total, which is 216 kilometers. On day one, they annoyingly they don't spread it out evenly, and they they like squeeze it. Um, mm. So you start one o'clock Friday, and you finish at three thirty Sunday. So you start one o'clock Friday, you've got thirty five miles to do, and you've got nine hours to do it. So cut off ten p.m. at night. Day two, you start at six o'clock in the morning. Um, and my first one of my first mistakes was like, well, finishing at ten, starting at six, eight hours. That's not too bad. Standard. Um, yeah, and it's not like you finish at ten and go to sleep and then wake up at six and start. But like, there's a whole anyway. Um, In your mind, you've got like blue blockers on. Get my red lights out. <laughs> yeah, bit like, of breathing. Nice okay, little meal. Might take you a bit of time to travel between a block. But yeah, it was. Uh, and then anyway, so then day two started at six. Um, that was then the big day. That was like more than double. So it was sixty or about double, sixty-seven miles, hundred and twelve kilometers something, um, and you had eighteen hours to do it. That's a long way. So That's it's a really long way. Six in the morning till midnight, um, and then uh, day three again starts at six in the morning, and then you finish at three thirty. It was only thirty-three miles. And they were nice. They gave you an extra half an hour. So you had nine and a half hours to do it. But that's, <laughs> but that's because they gave you half an hour extra because you had to go over Hollyhead Mountain, which is like, it's not crazy high, but it's 500 metres. Across the whole three days, because the coastal path is quite up and down, you do 4,000 metres of elevation. So it's like mm-hmm. going up and down Snowdon four times. Um, and the thing that, uh, just one related to these timings, is there was then like, Actually, they were the cutoffs, and this is where my poor preparation before the event started. In that, I saw those as cutoffs, and this is like this is ridiculous. I was even like, you know, at some points, I was like, you know, well, on day two, you've got 18 hours, I'm gonna get down to Newborough, um, <laughs> love it down in Newborough. I might go, it might go in the sea, uh, might stop off at the pub and grab us some bite to eat, and then get, you know, literally thinking you can have an half hour break if you want, yeah. Whereas, um. <laughs> <laughs> they had checkpoints, not specific, not every every two hours, but roughly every two-ish hours. The checkpoints range from anything as short as like 11K up to, I think the longest might have been 18K, 19K, something like that. But that meant if there was a short one, you'd go, oh, brilliant, it's only 11K. Mm-hmm. But then what that would mean is it would be like a horrendous terrain for 11K type. So. Yeah. Um, and depending, they couldn't do the checkpoint had to be a natural sort of break or place within the trail where you could actually get a car to mm-hmm. and the support teams and all that sort of jazz. Um, so yes, I had very much had a love hate relationship with these um, checkpoints, which started two weeks before the event when I actually decided to do some research and found out what the checkpoints were. And I was like, in all of my training, I'd never ever ever once ran for time ever. Mm-hmm. So it actually already started stressing me out. One, that I didn't like being told I had to get somewhere for a certain time. And then the other thing was, like, you could literally get... You could you could get timed out after, like, literally 10K. The first yeah. checkpoint, I think, was 11K. Um, but, yeah, it just meant that you were constantly... On the clock. On the clock. And, I, you know, I went into it saying it wasn't a race. Yeah. And, and it, it very, very quickly became a race. I mean... The other context is like day one was okay. Uh, some basic sort of challenge on day one was 
this year they decided you could just do day one if you wanted and they called it the fire starter so you were like running along with people at the start and there's people going quite fast and you're like going, oh, they must be doing day one. Or you'd be, you'd be trying, all that was different was like on your number, it was like a red thing rather than a black thing. And so you'd be asking people and I was, as you can imagine, quite excited at the start. And you, you, you walk, I remember walking towards the tent for registration. The guy's like, are you doing uh, the ring of fire or are you doing the fire starter? And I went, silly bloody question, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, which, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, things, yeah. I say, I'd, I'd, the furthest I'd run in a day before this was 30 miles. So one of the problems I had was like, day one was actually a PB. Never done that before. Day mm. two was like a double PB, and then day Just three was another PB. Distance, yeah. Because yeah. I think you, like, uh, we spoke about this a while before, well, before you, you had the event, and you were like, you actually can't train for an ultra in a sense of you can't just go out and run 35, 35 miles in three days and see how you get on and, and do that for training. Like, so you, there's always going to be a certain mm. amount of unknown, at least in the first time you've ever done one. The second time you've done one, then, okay, you've got, you kind of know a little bit more about what you're going into. But your first kind of like um, foray into the marath- ultra marathon world was go- always going to be quite difficult. What did you... Um, because you managed to maintain quite a high level of uh, like a buoyant attitude. So I remember seeing you on the morning before the race and you're like, got these new shoes, got some like oh, the, element, it, like before got my, you, you had everything going on. And I was like, Oh, it's great. Jacko's he's, he's no. ready to go. But like, were you at that point already bricking it? About no, what was no, coming, yeah. Or was it, did you not, did it not hit home until you actually started the race? Um, no, I was, I was, I, I couldn't. So it was started Friday, Wednesday and Thursday night. I found it hard to sleep. I was excited. Um, okay. And at that point, I thought I was well prepared. So I was like, not mm. necessarily, I knew I was going in something I'd never done before. So, but I was, there was a, a confidence is probably the wrong word. Cause I just definitely knew I didn't know what I was doing, but, um, it was like, I'm, I'm happy with what I've done and I've, and I've done with what I've done. Uh, something I'd, something I'd said, previously is like if you can do half of something i believe you can do all of it and from mm-hmm. a mindset perspective it sound a bit silly but like also rationally like because you know once you get halfway through something you're like we well, you only have to do what you've already done and you've already just done what you've done so you know you yeah. can do it type of thing and for the marathon i'd never ran more than half a marathon which people told me you should you know, in your marathon training, you should run at least up to 18, 20 miles or whatever. And I just, mm. I didn't more so because I didn't have time and that type of stuff. Um, and doing half of a marathon and then being able to get comfortable at half marathons meant that marathon was all right. But the trouble I had was I massively disrespected the challenge of the distance and what a multi-day event is like. So I thought by doing... What I did manage to do in June in Exmoor was a 40 miles over two days. There was this 30 miler and then they had an extra 10 miles um, of a separate race on the sat on the following day. And that was good for me to like run the next day and actually feel like you're stiff as a board. And as soon as you start running, like you start freeing up. And actually I felt better on the second day than the first day, but it was only 10, it was only 40 miles in total. What uh, a, a top level or surface level sort of, um, lesson for me is back to what I already knew like you need to do half of it like so I what I needed was I needed a 70 miler over mm-hmm. two days um in 
and I, I feel like the we've talked about this before with some of like uh, like Gemma who who mentioned before the um, physio at British Athletics. You're most prone for injury when you PB, when you're at your best, because yeah. your body's doing something it's never done before. It doesn't, the nervous system just doesn't know what it's like to experience that or fire like that or whatever. Um, and I've definitely felt it now afterwards. It's like having done it and actually survived, my running, now that I've recovered, feels amazing. Went out for a run this mm-hmm. morning and I'm like, I've my, my, seen my old SNC coach, uh, Joe Brun, uh, we'd had him on the podcast actually, um, and he was like, he was like very clear on sort of like, two things he was like well what he was like you've basically done probably six months of training and squeezed into three days so he's like if you let your body recover yeah you're gonna you've got that those adaptations but he was like your body is gonna pay you back for this this was like once i'd finished he didn't think i'd do it um just being honest and i actually mm. really there was two people that said that to me one was my, si- my sister's neighbor he'd never said it before but afterwards he was like um, is a Geordie he's like I tell you what Jocko I didn't think he was going to do it man <laughs> like and he was like he was like don't take this the wrong way he was like just you haven't like he knew, knew well, we talked quite a bit when I visited him mm. assistant. he was like he knew, he knew what, how much training I'd done he was like he hadn't done enough so you're not like you can't you know, so I'm at, it's it's the, the body did she did well not to actually like um, get injured uh, but I feel like the the nervous system needs to get an experience of a certain amount before you then want to go and overload that. And mm-hmm. I feel like a halfway point um, would be decent. I've got nothing necessary to back that up, if you know what I mean. But, yeah. um, and I definitely feel it now in the system if I go, having let, having recovered, run now, and it's like the amount of foot contacts I've got, like my just my Achilles and calves and things are just like bang, 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 bang. It feels, mm. it feels good. Um, so yeah, that 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 was that was uh, that was definitely uh, it, that was definitely. Uh, this it's, it's weird, right? Because it's like I wish I had have done that, but then some of the biggest things I've got out of it as an event was because I wasn't that and I wasn't prepared, yeah. ready and I wasn't prepared um yeah. but in terms of being excited before and, and, and buoyant like yeah I, I, I was um it was almost like I knew I was I was like letting myself be because I was excited I was letting myself be excited um you know you asked Catherine she was like bloody hell in the morning of the thing he was pissing about and everything doing this on his camera and blah, 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 blah. And it was like, who was, who was getting all the food ready? Who was getting all the drinks ready? Muggins over here. <laughs> <laughs> Water boy. Yeah, she was absolute ledge. We can get onto it later. So, yeah, I think interesting though, because you say like, if, if there has been a lot of experiences where you've not done something of that duration that's not going to be over quickly and you, your brain and system doesn't have the concepts, there'll be a lot of surprises that would have come up along the way. I've got to say, well, I didn't expect that because you'd never done it before. Whereas that's when you see people with like experience of these sorts of things, like you're going to go and do an event and things that happen, feelings that you get, your body's response, all that sort of stuff. You're like, I've been here before. And I guess that's probably where the challenge came from, not having done that kind of amount of running, as you said, like half of it before. 
at, at what point when in the event itself did you start to kind of go oh dear like i haven't either i haven't prepared uh, like optimally for this or i'm in over my head or i'm like yeah. did, when the way did the world kind of close yeah. in and go okay this is this is this is serious it, so i say day one i was hoping to do it in uh what do we have we had nine hours to do it and i think i was hoping to do it in about seven and a half and it took me eight and a half so it's a bit slower it meant we got back a bit later to bed a bit later I had an ice but i felt better after the ice when it was like okay that was harder than i was thinking it was going to be and day two is like just don't know what day two is going to be like and it was a case of like okay uh, lie down in bed alarm set for half four because we had to get up and then drive half an hour to the start of the next checkpoint because I chose to like have the base at my sister's house because it was about half an hour drive from any of the checkpoint any of the, the, the day starting points so it squeezed that time from like, okay, probably got in bed at about half 11, 12, alarm set at half four. System couldn't turn off. Brain, like all night, nervous system was just like, well, uh, I don't know about you, Jacko, but uh, I'm ready to go running. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh. so couldn't sleep. Um, I reckon I slept, I reckon I slept like two or three times for 10 minutes, something like that. Um, but again, there was a bit of an excitement of like, Day two is like the thing. It's like the, it's the double distance day. Well, if you if you can do day two, like you statistically, um, uh, history has shown that like only one or two people in the final day don't make it. Type mm-hmm. of thing. If you make it to start of day three, you, you've, you're very close to doing it. Um, and in my mind, I was very much like thinking that was the case. And a lot of people talked about that. There was one person, Brian Keane, who's another fellow ultra runner that isn't an ultra runner we had him on the podcast a couple of times and mm. he did say to me i met him in ireland he gave me some very good advice and we'll probably come back to this in the story that he was like no no day two isn't your problem he was like day three is your problem it was like what he was like he'd done he'd done marathon de Saba and one mm. in the arctic and, also, and he was like you won't be you you might not be able to get out of bed on day three he said he says he remembers um, his mum and his sister i think or his daughter having to physically pick him up to get him out of bed because he couldn't get him going for that final day. And you're like mm-hmm. thinking, oh, crikey. Yeah. But it was good that we heard, it was good that my wife heard that as well, most importantly. Uh, but yeah, so I'll come back to that because day two or day one was the most of the route that I knew. We'd wrecked most, we'd wrecked half of day one. So day two, those bits of it we knew from just being around the area and whatnot, but um, just some really, really slow bits, really slow bits. And um, I came into the first checkpoint about 15 minutes early, which was okay, um, but wanted to start to build up a bit of a buffer for like, okay, if I'm going to die later, let's have a bit of a buffer. And the next checkpoint, I'd lost five minutes, so I was down to 10. And the other next one, I'm like, 10 minutes before cutoff. Yeah, yeah. So I basically was then like, it it started to become stressful being that, that close. Yeah. And I think before the third checkpoint, there was eight checkpoints on day two. Before the third one, Catherine started running with me, completely unplanned. She'd run the last section of day one planned because it was yeah. in, in the dark. She was like, it's just nice to have someone with you in the dark. But she started running at the, uh, before the third checkpoint on on day two just because she could see that I needed it. They were worried that I wasn't going to make that checkpoint because there was a tracker mm. you could see where people were going and stuff. Um 
<laughs> and there was some funny stuff of like, um, I don't know how much of this side of me you've seen, but like, of just anyone, when you make someone extremely stressed, like the how you think, you go very primal. And like, we'd started four minutes late on day two, and the guy in his announcement said, you know, we've never ever started late ever. Mm. But they were forming say anyway. I get to I get to the checkpoint at Beaumaris. No, the one before Beaumaris was I think Beaumaris was halfway. But the one before I got to the checkpoint, I was like, to a marshal, I was like, or just sort of you get there and you're just like you're trying to be as quickly as possible because mm. there's eight checkpoints. If you spend ten minutes at a checkpoint, you've wasted an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. You ain't got that. So you're trying to be as quick as you can, have something to eat, fill up your bottle again, like go. And um I was like, Can someone confirm the four minutes that we like you're giving us those back? <laughs> and then everyone was like, oh, oh, no. And then, like, so, and I said it a little bit aggressively. By the time I got to the next one, when I'd not been given an answer, I was like, can someone fucking confirm <laughs> that we are getting those four minutes? And someone, oh, it was, it was, it was two minutes that we started late. And I was like, it was fucking four. Like, like, <laughs> like, those four minutes were like, and sorry, we don't normally swear on the podcast, but like, yes, it was, it was, it was raw. And that was like mega desperate. It was like four minutes meant everything. Anyways, people just like, okay, tell that crazy guy at the back that like, it's okay, we'll give him his four minutes. Well, that's stressful, right? Like you, you think about those, um, like when we've run condition sessions, it's a bit of a that's completely different context but you set those up and it's like right we're going to go every 45 seconds and it's like you've got running to do or whatever and you're like if you're the guy at the front you get there with like 20 seconds to spare you're like just chilling like absolutely fine you see the like rugby context you see the prop forward coming in like literally on 44 <laughs> seconds it's like right we'll off we go again, again. <laughs> so it's the least fast least fittest person just gets absolutely shafted in those so if you're coming in with like 10 minutes to spare it's not like you can sit down, like take a shoe out of stone out of your shoe. Like you are literally like running for your life in terms of staying in the event each time with, with minimal cushion. It's, I sat, that's stressful. I sat down once at a checkpoint and that was the the penultimate checkpoint on the last day. So only to change my socks is the only time I yeah. sat down. Um, but yeah, so as day two just got, Minging. But he went through these different stages where it was like, actually would feel good to run all of a sudden, even though you felt absolutely mm. gone. Um, uh, but essentially, it, my, my Garmin ran out of battery, flipping halfway through day two. It couldn't even last. So day two ended up being 17 hours, 45 minutes. I came in 15 shout, minutes. Shout out Garmin. To spare, yeah, shout out Garmin. <laughs> sort me out with a better watch, son. Where's, um, who's our mate that works with Garmin? Martin Yelling. Martin Yelling, these sorts of, anyway. Tell him to his face, yeah. He's like, well, you just, it basically, you bought the cheap Garmin, is, didn't well, you, Jack? Yeah, but the, G, the GPS on the Garmin absolutely rinses the battery, on, on all, all of them, to be honest, like all yeah. trackers, it's the GPS track. Anyway, side note, Well, it became, what, what it ended up doing was, it ended up being like, well, you don't know where you, you don't know how fast you're going, you don't know how far you've gone, you don't know how long you've gone. It was a case of like, You've just got to get to that next checkpoint. Mm. And it was like, how long is it? How far? Right, and that, and that, and that was it. Um, I say, Catherine, of those 67 miles, she joined me before we'd done 20, before we'd done a marathon on, the, on that day. So she, she's probably done 50 miles that day. <laughs> 50 miles. And, just out the box. And like 50, 100 metres ahead of me, some of it backwards. Some of it holding, mm. a, holding a bag full of food, like, just incredible. Um, but, yeah, we, we, we got there, and it was like, wow. Um, when we're getting back, 
having the ice bath because the ice bath helped last time. Ice bath nearly sent me into some sort of like yeah. thermal shock. I was like shaking, shivering, got in bed, like couldn't get warm. I mean, by the time the got system to... at that point is like, don't put any more stress in. This is a bad idea. Like, but, don't stress me anymore. But my but my but my muscles and my joints and like my legs liked the ice, but just like my yeah. nervous system didn't. Yeah. So probably got laid down in bed at like half one, and again alarm set for half four, and it was like, well, I know what's going to happen because I just experienced it before. Like, I ain't gonna be able to mm-hmm. sleep, and brain's just going like, let's run, let's run, let's run. Or when, when are we going running? When I'm, I'm ready? It's like I'm ready, Jack. I know it. We're going. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Again, dozed off for 10, 20 minutes or something like that. Woke up, and then that's... I knew it was bad on day two, but then this is when it just... So I wake up, and, I'm, and I feel sick. I've got a headache, and it was, this, it was the same type of feeling and sensations I had from a, from a brain injury. Mm-hmm. And I turned to Catherine, I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, and it was like, I don't want to do it. Like, I feel yeah. sick. Um, and she said, you, you, mu- you, you need to try, otherwise you're going to regret it. Because she, she didn't say, remember what Brian Keane had said to us, but she was remembering that. She was like, because I asked her afterwards, like, why did you push me? I'm surprised. Not push me, but you know, just encourage me. I didn't expect her to encourage me. I, ex- I was expecting her to say, yeah, like, this is ridiculous. Enough is enough. Like, you've had a good go at it. Mm. I, like, go, I then go to the toilet, and I'm, like, sat on the toilet, and my sisters didn't even have enough energy to close the door. <laughs> little Bobby, her little her little baby had, had woke her up, luckily. And she came downstairs to um, just wish me good luck. She could hear me, wish me good luck for the final day. And I'm like, I'm like sat there crying. I can't poo. I'm just a mess. And the types of things that are going around in my head are like, you idiot. Like, like I was, I was actually disgusted with myself of like, because... What I and what I what I felt was like like because everyone there was so nice like all the stewards it was such a great event and all the other runners and everything it was amazing one of the amazing things about ultra running that I really loved was like you know you could look at me aesthetically I'm thin and some muscle tone and blah 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 it, it an ultra event like that doesn't care if you're mm-hmm. sixty five or twenty five it doesn't care if you're like thin or no, it doesn't care. It doesn't care about any of that. And you ju- it was just, you had no idea. You'd look at someone and go, are they going to make it or not? You're like, got no idea. Um, yeah. And uh, I disrespected, like, everything. So I, I felt like I shouldn't have, I felt I was sorry that I'd signed up, um, yeah, signed up to it. And I was a bit scared, like, because I didn't want to go and do it. But then I felt a bit ashamed and I was very, very negative. But I felt just like, like not um, unrational, like rationally negative. Like, you are, you're an idiot. Like, and this is not actually safe for you to do. And like, you know, stay in your lane. You're not an ultra runner. So mm. don't sign up to stupid things that you're not prepared for. And then the, the, to, to, add, to, add to, to add a bit of taste to it, it was like, we'd, um, there's two, like Vivo, Barefoot and Auction Advantage had, had both, because like, we'd approached them to like, Sponsor, support mm-hmm. the event basically pay for two um, guys to come and film um, to film it to make like a documentary out of it because mm. in my mind there was going to be this nice story and <laughs> out of it whatever and I was at that, I'm a going scenic like, documentary of Anglesey is going to look beautiful yeah. <laughs> and it was like you know you're an idiot for all those reasons I just said and it was like to 
add on top of that, you've got two people to come and film this and two companies to pay for it to be done. Like, what are you going to say to them? What's the story now? Oh, we tried hard and we had a good go at it and it was really hard the first two days, mm. but we couldn't do the last day. But everyone likes a trier. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? I was literally, like, trying to go through my mind, like, what are you going to What are you gonna do? Like, what's going to be the story? Anyway, um, my little sister goes, just try and get in the car. That's the first step. And I, like, looked up, and I was like, you know, like, like my hair's, like, over my face. And I was like, I'll, 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 I'll try and get in the car. Because it was like, <laughs> I felt like it was, it, it was a beautiful thing because... I'd like, you know, I'd, I'd written down, like, I knew what the checkpoints were, how far to do it, but I'd completely forgotten about the ability to literally get to the start. Mm-hmm. And there's some, there's definitely like a simple, what's the simplest actionable step you can take in something in life when you feel completely overwhelmed mm-hmm. and out of your depth? Like there's something that you can, that you can do, you can take, what yeah. is there? Try and find that or get people around you that can support you to actually do that and, mm. and and that's what happened i didn't i didn't think she didn't challenge me she didn't suggest anything other than try and get in the car so i tried to get in the car literally <laughs> I, I was then i'll get in the car um my sister-in-law sarah came she was picking us up she then sees me on the toilet as well um like by this point i've already done a poo in the middle of the street like <laughs> on day two like you've lost you've got no respect for yourself it I don't know think it's, it's not the same but it makes me think if we're like when Karen went through pregnancy there comes a point where she was like going to go and like had yeah. all this picture in mind it's going to be perfect and then there's after a bit of she's like I flipping don't care yeah. anymore Whatever. have a look at whatever you need to <laughs> whoever needs to come in can come in yeah. I don't care yeah. anymore yeah yeah it definitely um, so then yeah literally I was like get in the car so I like got uh, I mean my, uh, Sarah help, Sarah was picking us up in the car um, I literally got my stuff together. I couldn't put my left. I kicked it. I've still my toe is still bruised now. I don't know if I broke it or something. But I kicked a big like rock on day one, and that toe had been annoying me on my left foot like the whole time. I was limping. It was weird. I was like walking. When you see some of the footage, you're like, I'm, I'm limping when I walk, but like mm. running's a bit better. It was like worse for me to walk. My walk was very slow. It helps to have a good walk if you're going to do an ultra because mm. you're going to walk at some points. It helps to be faster walking. Anyway. I couldn't even get my left shoe on. So I'm like, in the car, I think Sarah gave me some paracetamol. I remember thinking, oh, yeah, kind of a pan, that, might, that might help. <laughs> and um, I'm just sat in the car, and then Catherine's, like, got all of my... Like, I didn't even have my race bib. I didn't have nothing. Catherine got all of my stuff together. Bearing in mind, she'd run 50 miles mm. the day before as well, and she was thinking, you ask her, she's like, yeah, I, uh, I didn't think I was going to be able to run on day three. Um, felt horrendous and she was like then I saw Dave (laughs) (laughs) felt better better. and then and then she said the other thing she was like well and when I saw her I was like okay once we'd got to the start line she was like well this ain't gonna last very long so Mm. yeah I'll start with him um but uh, yeah we get to the um we get there I finally get my left shoe on hobble out and I'm thinking I'm thinking I've done an amazing job to get here and I'm like looking for who's who are the other guys and girls that are absolutely fucked. Yeah, where's my community right now? I need my other where's the other people that can <laughs> I can surround myself with to make myself feel better. There's one there's one guy sat down in this village hall. He's about sixty five years old. He might not have even been doing the event, I don't know. Everyone else is like 
walking around. I'm sure they were stiff and stuff, but walking around, laughing, having a smile, and yeah, oh yeah, a bit stiff. Like, mm. but everyone's like doing all right, and I was like, it just sent me into just a pit of just like. Excuse me, I'm I'm here for the pity party. I don't know yeah. where. Can you, can you direct me to wherever that's happening, please? I was like, literally sat. So I found a chair to collapse on. I was like, again, my hair is just over my face because I didn't want to look at anyone. <laughs> I didn't I didn't want to look at anyone in the eye because I'd like, you know, by disrespecting the event, I was like disrespecting all these people who'd come prepared. And, and I still thinking, did. I, I don't think, I didn't think cousin It was going to be doing yeah. the ring of fire. <laughs> and it wasn't like it wasn't like you know to cut a long story short like. We completed, I say we, not I, we completed it in the end, within the time frame, I think, but it doesn't change the fact that I disrespected every single person that ran the event. I um, don't know. Why do you think that? Why do you think you disrespected other people by rocking up to an event and having a pop at something that was outside of your comfort zone? Because I can't describe to you how far out of my comfort zone. Like, I'm there as a grown man, just crying my eyes out in this room, literally like, we, like if someone had offered me, if God had just come out through the door and gone, should we just go now? And <laughs> you can be dead. I'd have been like, oh, thank God you're here. Like, let's go. Like, I don't want to be here no more. Like, and we walked out that door and uh, <laughs> there was one guy. I mean... They said we, they went off, and so you know, every, people go off gingerly, but it's a slow jog, and there's the, the good people. I mean, the good people are like ridiculously good, that, mm. and they, when we're finishing at midnight, they're getting in at seven o'clock in the evening. Fishing Fair play to the local them. pub. Yeah, um, but anyway, everyone runs off. I can't even remember Catherine, Mrs. Jacko, being with me at this point. In the it was it was just dark, and I was like gingerly walking. I was literally hobbling as I walked out, and one of the marshals was like great energy dave like <laughs> and i remember thinking like you're taking the piss but i had no energy to like do anything and we had for the first two hours they'd warned us in the rave briefing there was like a, a storm with like 20 mile an hour winds and rain so we come out and i'm like in my mind i'm going well at least i'm moving i've started didn't think i'd get here um best case scenario We'll walk to the first checkpoint, get timed out. All my family's here. We'll just walk the rest of the yeah. day. How long is it going to take to limp around 33 miles? I was trying to work. I was like, I don't know. We'll be finished before midnight. I was just trying. Mm. I was like, and I was thinking, at least I can say I've done it. There's something there. Like I did it, but you not in the, the, route, the yeah. actual event. I finished the route. Um, it took about 20 minutes to do the first kilometer. Which is like, uh, I'm trying to think of think of a word of how slow it's slow, yeah. um, and um, the rain was just like hammering like this twenty mile an hour like wind into our face, and you were literally like, "This is so bleak now. Um, let's just get it over with a bit quicker. Like, if I c- yeah, like, yeah. can we just move a bit faster?" So I just tried running and it was like my foot was less pain, my, my toe was less mm. painful running and just started running. And I, I remember shouting to Catherine, I was like, Catherine, I'm running. I'm running. <laughs> and she was like, I know. And I was like, I don't know how. Like it was, that, that was a pretty cool feeling. 
it was like there's this override that makes no sense physiologically like it happened a few times I, like I, the last 300 meters I sprinted like mm. and I mean sprinted fast fastest I've ran because I haven't done any fast running for, mm. for a long time just sprinted at the, the last 300 meters of the whole thing with it's like how is that even what's going on there physiologically it doesn't make sense do you think there's a piece there in like um the realization of the system so there's obviously like people have talked about this at, at length in terms of like the physiological capacity and there's almost like a rate limiter you've got the whole kind of very simplistically the fight or flight type of response to extreme stress in that sense mm. do you think is there a, did you feel like that it was a place of the brain was like i just want to get this done like and the faster i can get this done the sooner it's going to be so you're in a place where it's like i don't want to do it versus I just want to get this done. And the quicker I get this done, the quicker this is going to be over. And then it just shifts into that place as opposed to... So basically, you go on attack mode as opposed to fearing it and fleeing from it. Um, it went... It ended up, for me, being a case of, like... And, like, I, I believe in positive mental attitude and positive thinking. It, positive thinking definitely helps. But it, it, it was not a determining factor for being able to achieve something. Yeah. In that I was so negative, I'd completely given up. Mm. There was not a single ounce of positivity in my body. Um, and actually, thinking was just like a waste of energy. Mm. And um, I, it, was, it was literally going to like those, thinking of like what my sister said to me, like an actionable step. And it was like, for me, it was, the, it was, just, it was like, don't think about anything. I didn't, like, try not to think about anything. I just ended up, like, not thinking about anything. Yeah, what's the next and, step? Was it literally, and like, it was, what's the it next was, step? It was, like, breath and step, breath and step, mm. breath and step, breath and step. And, that, and that's literally, um, literally all it was. But, you know, the whole time I had... So Catherine ran those, that all 33 miles at the end. So she'd done over 80 miles across mm. the three days. And she Did you get a medal? navigating <laughs> yeah like navigating drink water encouraging just literally like um dragging me mm. through that thing and hold on mrs jacko yeah yeah i would not have uh got anywhere close um on my own for sure mate what a story so it's just um I, th I don't know. I, I, let me share a reflection, and I want to give yeah. you a little bit of an open platform because I think we could probably talk about this for another couple of hours. But um, so you hear those stories where people have been to that um, that kind of place, and like I, the one that reminds me of is I don't know if you've seen. You're not much of a movie guy, are you? But like, there's one called Touching the Void, where there's a is the guy who basically gets cut off of a climbing line on K2, falls into a crevasse, uh, and then like yes. completely busted up and then crawls himself back down to the base camp on K2. And, and his mindset is like, can I get to that rock? Get yeah. to that rock. Can I get to the next rock? And this guy's like, same, like, same yeah. place in terms of absolutely broken. Um, but there's, there's definitely that thing that I'm interested in, your reflections on this of going, like, you can hear all those stories and you can watch all the motiv motivational movies around that, but what's the difference of actually finding yourself in that situation to what you are now, like two or three weeks later from a reflective perspective? Has, what's changed as a result of being there that you're now in your perspective of life, hardship, resilience? Yeah. What's no, it's it a good question. And like, there's, there's like, there's, there's, two, there's two big things. Like, 
one is one's connection in that I went into the event thinking it was going to be a challenge for me and I was going to do some like you know personal inner work let's say what it turned out very quickly to be was like um, a need and a desire like for other people and and to connect Um, that and then the second thing being that that override um, and that override that was kicking in for because Catherine had it as well because she'd not trained for the, the further she'd run before this was 15 miles and then does 80 like but that for us I believe that override was just coming out of of love and a need to to help someone support someone mm-hmm. I sort of think about it like this if if you fall over down onto the floor and you need help getting back up I pick you up I don't pick you up and throw you in the sky mm. so I can only help you and show you as much love as you need at that time. Mm-hmm. I don't recommend it, and it wasn't, I wasn't trying it, it, it to all be about this, but I was, so, I was out of my depth. I was literally at the bottom of wherever, and I needed a lot. Um, but when you... I, I was just forced into that position of being just totally vulnerable and just totally at the at the mercy or just at the need of, of Catherine. Um, and it's made me understand some stuff about myself in that, like, you're like this because, uh, you will have, you, you will have, um, described me as an awkward hugger. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, that would be a, a, that many would be a times. fair, a, yeah, fair many times. a fair thing. And it's like, I didn't know this going into this type of thing, but um, I'm. When I was like, you'd get to the checkpoint, you'd like, you get to that next checkpoint. And one of the things you're going to get at that checkpoint is some people there cheering for you. And if, if anyone there that I, like, if I saw you, you're getting hugged. It was like mm. I just desired that like physical contact. It was almost like I got energy from the physical contact. And there was no awkwardness in it. Mm. It was just like, I need oh. you. Like, you come in here and give me give me it's like i need it um and i've i'm i've understanding for myself that like there's a desire and a want to like connect deeper with people but an understanding that like i've a i've a, i've an awkwardness to me when i don't know someone like it takes me a long time so so it's not that anything's necessarily changed now in that like mm-hmm. i'm still going to be like socially awkward around someone when i don't don't know them but I'm aware of that much better and and I'm aware of like, okay, what, what, what things can I start to do or think about that's going to help me connect with people without having to like absolutely bury myself on a, on an ultra marathon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. That's been I'm glad that actually 135 miles of running means that we can actually have a normal hug now. That's going to be good. <laughs> well, if you were there, you would have got one. But what I'm saying now, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still awkward at the moment. I'm still working on it. <laughs> Don't worry. When I see you next, we'll get in there. We'll have, like, we can have a practice in a safe space. Um, right. So we're 45 minutes in, Jacko. We're going to bring it in towards the landing. But there is so much in here that you could probably unpack, and I could continue to do an excellent job as question master as I feel like you I have today. You have been, yes. Um, so if you had a platform now, which you have for the next few minutes, um, what are you sharing? Like if, if someone says, like, and it'll obviously it'll be different for different people, but yeah. like what is the biggest thing that you would want to pass on from this experience to other people? Um, 
I was like forced into vulnerability, but got an experience out of that that I wouldn't swap that for it. So it's this, it's this weird, it's this difficult thing of like, I haven't got a David Goggins message for you of like, just hammer yourself and kill yourself yeah. because it's not recommended um, as far as I'm concerned. But I, I experienced a level of like need um, and reliance on someone else, like a baby being mm. reliant on, on the mother, the father. Um, and as an adult, we don't do that. And a lot of our society will tell us that being strong is that, you know, mm-hmm. you can do it on your own. And, and for me, it's completely flipped that on its, on its head. Um, and there was a bit of a, there was a bit of a strange parallel that I'll share, but I, I, it comes with a caveat of like, I, I feel bad saying it because it's, because it's on, it's, it's on, not unfair. It's just, it's it's not proportionate, but there mm-hmm. was a parallel that came out um, when we were filming some reflections, um, where you know when my dad died early this year, and, and I was living at home helping my mum look after me. He, he passed from cancer. And the last four weeks, like I saw saw his health deteriorate, but his um, reliance on my mum like increase as as his condition deteriorated and. It was it was ter- it was like the, the the saddest thing I've probably seen, but at the same time the most beautiful thing I've seen in that I saw a side of my dad that I'd not sort of really seen before, and all he had he had nothing. It was life was just literally stripped down to nothing. You can't do you can't do anything. But all he wanted was my mum. And he literally mm-hmm. I remember him sat on the couch and, and saying that, and all he wanted was my mum. But then, and the beautiful thing was all he needed was a, that was it. Yeah. Um, and there was that parallel for me, which I say it's disproportional because, you know, that we're talking about my dad's mm-hmm. life. But there was a, there was an, there was, yeah, I, it, 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 it's actually, I didn't, you know, I signed up to this event way before my dad got ill. So I didn't sign up to the event to help mm-hmm. with the grieving process, but the experience has, 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 has given me that out. I felt like I've went to that, went to a place of vulnerability. Um, and I haven't got the answers for people, but I'd encourage people to like, where can you allow yourself to be vulnerable? Mm. Um, cause some beautiful things can happen if you go there. Um, yeah. just go there with someone or with people. Good. I'm going to add no comment on that because I think you've said everything that needs to be said. Well, we haven't actually. Let's finish the story, Jacko. Did you finish <laughs> the Ring of Fire? Yeah. Yes. In the and time limit. We're at fifteen minutes to spare. There you go. Third from last. Um, interestingly, five minutes after you finish, you cross the finish line. You have your photo taken, and then someone goes, "Do you want a beer?" And I was like, <laughs> "No. Can I have some water?" And then, and then literally, there's like. Marshall's like, uh, looking around, it's got all this beer. And he's like, I don't think we have any water. I think it's got water in it. Yeah. <laughs> but I sat down, literally hugging everyone. And then once we've stopped hugging and stopped crying, um, sat down with Catherine. And I said to her, why do, we, why do we do these things? And not in a, when I said we, not just me and her, I meant we, everyone mm-hmm. here, but and just people that do events. It was like, why do we do it? Because 
I had I didn't have a sense of achievement at the end. Mm. I did have a bit of a perspective on it that it was like it's just a stupid run. Like it doesn't matter. Like why does mm. it matter? Like why did we why did we do that? Um it was interesting. Like the biggest sense of achievement I had was coming into checkpoint one. This will be the last thing I'll say. The best sense of achievement I had it was coming into checkpoint one, about two, three hundred meters before checkpoint one on day three. And I was like, none of you fuckers <laughs> thought I was gonna be here. Because because I was like I was like, I didn't think I was gonna be here. Literally. Yeah, yeah. Right. So 106 people started the whole event. 106. 87 got to day two. 56 got to day three and then 53 people finished and they said statistically if you get to the day three your chances are you're going to finish so only three people didn't and i think crikey everyone in that room knew that i was going to be one of those three who yeah, weren't going yeah. to make it so i don't know who and those people wasn't. were what, what, what happened uh. what happened to them but um <laughs> but yeah i was like I remember coming into that and I was like, I literally felt like I'd come back from the dead. I was like, <laughs> so buoyant. Like the, the energy, the, um, the, yeah, the, the, the guys filming will have that one. Cause I'm like, I'm literally like, you know, Frank the tank on, um, uh, on, 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 yeah, I was like, I was like, I'm back, baby. <laughs> you would have liked the, um, they were like, there was bacon and egg sandwiches there. You know, you're for Jacko bacon, egg sandwich. I'm like bacon and egg, but it was no, they, they meant, do you want bacon or do you want egg? And I was like, both. Mm. Yeah. Both, and they were like, okay, and then it was so, and then it was like, do you want red or brown sauce? Both, Both. <laughs> <laughs> Just like... but it was that feeling of it was that feeling of like, I don't know how I'm here. I thank that person in front of me, Catherine Bell's like, but I'm here, and it was like, if we can make one, we can make the next one. Yeah, yeah, and then it would literally chip in, chip in them like that, and there was plenty of twists and turns along, along the way to that. But 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 generally speaking, it was like, follow Catherine. She's about fifty hundred meters ahead. Come on, Dave. Come on, Rio. <laughs> and any time I was like, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, not recommended. Yeah, amazing. Let's leave it there, mate. Well done. Congratulations on a on a fine achievement of human performance, resilience, and stupidity. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's none of those things until you said stupidity. It wasn't. It it wasn't. Yeah, Wait, you, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's. Yeah, it is. It is all of those things, and because I, I think it's all relative to to each individual. And I think that's what you went in for. Like, it, it, well, we maybe didn't know that when you started, but going into these things as an unseasoned um, marathon athlete with no context of what you were doing, like it was always probably going to be about what you were going to learn, and the fact that you finished it in hard conditions. Um, is is no joke, mate. So well done for that, and um, you should be very proud of yourself for completing the Ring of Fire in such a fashion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm glad there was there was so many people we met. You're running along, you're like, is this the first time you've done it? And I think I met one person that hadn't done it before. Everyone else, it was like, oh, tried last year, got timed out yeah. on day two. I mean, I remember speaking to someone on the first day. Sorry, I'm diverging. Someone on the first day, this is how this is where, what, how stupid I was. On the first day, I was like, oh, have you done And he was like, yeah, uh, there's three of us. Last year, we got timed out at the first checkpoint on day three. Mm. And I was thinking, this is day one, I'm like fresh thinking, what an idiot. Like, <laughs> as, if you would, as if you'd get to day three morning and then struggle in the morning to get to the first the checkpoint. Little did you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what I mean is, but by that is like, I don't have to go back. And you know, if you if you'd not done it, it would, you'd be going yeah. like, oh, 
I can see how people got because I was like, why is anyone coming back? Mm. But I could see how. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm yeah, I'll go back as a spectator well, for sure. It's a wicked event. Um, yeah. But um, yeah. Right, so we might be... We're going to wrap this one up for today. Thanks, Jacko, for sharing all of that, the, the, the going a little bit deeper. We may have a small break again, so if you're waiting for next week's podcast, then it might be a week or so, but bear with us. There's just a few things to navigate in our going on, but we are going to be coming back. We are not going anywhere. Jacko, well done. Good stories. Sign us off into whenever we're going to be here next. Uh, well, just one thing I'll say is there is, um, there is a successful documentary to, to come out um, on it so we haven't got and it's not can, the, the can, finished can edit still donate as well can yeah people can donate yeah, I'll put the link in the show notes um, for, for the Pestles charity for the Just Giving page thank you for everyone that's already donated tell people uh, about it very quickly what is it Pestles uh, charity so it's for uh, families struggling or uh, like dealing with the process of going through uh, miscarriages yes. um, so great charity very very important uh, charity yeah so if anyone can donate to that put the link in the show notes um, and yes the the documentary um, will be out hopefully sometime in November but we'll keep an eye on sort of emails and socials for any announcements about that it'll come up because it'll be the number one recommended film on Netflix so everyone can see it I would imagine I'm excited to see it it's going to look great yeah. just massive thank you to, I mean I had so many messages and I didn't even look at social media for like three days and it was like afterwards like so many messages and people just um, wishing me good luck throughout and it was um, yeah it was amazing 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 to see so thank you to everyone that, that did good job alright shall I sign us off or are you going to do it yeah you, you sign us off that's, that's alright until next time keep exploring your physical potential through movement strength and play and don't try and do things you can't do but redefining impossible sort of is that yeah, isn't it but yeah, you know what I mean you're doing on, a progress right, you are do right it in a brand. Do it in a progressive approach to your training. Okay. Make sure you Sign do at least off. half of something. Uh, yeah. Class dismissed. I, I need to go to parents. <laughs>